people. Welcome to another edition of the What's in the Cup podcast here at Georgia Southwestern State University. An absolutely beautiful Friday afternoon. I I can't say it's fall yet, but it's certainly starting to feel a little bit like fall. The football games are on TV, or according to last night, they were streamed for the first time in the history of the NFL. So uh, I was actually one of the people watching so i'm sure that the nfl was very happy to have uh, somebody watching their streaming version but it's a beautiful day and we are getting ready for really uh, what's going to be an exciting week here at georgia southwestern we have homecoming coming up we have the day of giving coming up we have uh, lots of plans and we're going to talk about that on the on the show today um, and some other things as usual but i want to uh, welcome some a uh, couple of folks who are returning. They've done this before, so I'm expecting a perfect show today because they are experts. We have Courtney Harmon, the assistant director of FYE, is here with us, and Stephen Snyder, associate vice president for university advancement, is here also. So we're going to talk about uh, the week coming up, and and I know you guys have both been heavily involved. So thank you for being here today. We, uh, we always start, however, with uh, student success, and at this time of the year, student success and uh, student enrollment is, is really where we're uh, spending our time. We've been uh, counting the numbers uh, every day, uh, right, Courtney? We count every day. We, we make sure they're still here, uh, and, and we are at the point now where we really are they're locked in, right? So the, the good news is, uh, we are, uh, we have the highest, largest freshman class in the history of the university. That's correct. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, up 22% in the freshman class over last year. So great uh, job uh, by everyone to uh, recruit those students, uh, advise the students, enroll the students, financial aid the students, all the things that have to happen, uh, happened and 22% growth among the freshman class is incredible. Uh, now, Overall, our total number is going to be 3,074, give or take one or two, which is down 84 students from last year. That's a 2.7% decline. Now, uh, as I've been monitoring other uh, schools across the system, uh, the system is actually projecting a total system-wide decline of over 3%, three, a little over 3.1%. So we actually are going to be uh, a little bit better than the overall average. Um, and I think within our sector, we're going to be in really good shape uh, as far as how we compare to others. The difference, and, and I guess, Courtney, we can talk about this. There's two areas that are uh, where we saw significant decline. One is in our uh, continuing undergraduate students are down uh, 8.6%, uh, and the dual enrolled students were down 26%. And um, dual enrolled is a really interesting uh, group of students, and I know you're, you're really involved with that, but the legislature did some things this year on purpose to try to reduce the number of students involved and then our system has uh, made some choices that's made it tough for us. So what are you, what are you seeing and hearing uh, in the dual enrollment space? And what do you think other schools are, are hearing and seeing in dual enrollment? So test score requirements um, for dual enrollment students is still required for the fall. And that 
this has been the first fall semester that it is required. So that has definitely been an adjustment. And then with the, and the system has already announced that they're not going to use that for <laughs> students that want to enroll here as freshmen. So the students that we want to dual enroll have a higher standard to meet than the students that come to school here. That's correct. And that is one piece of the communication that we always have to decipher is that we do have students that can apply without test scores. But if you're applying with me as a dual enrollment student, I do have to look at the test score requirements. So, you know, just having that conversation to see, well, why do what what test scores do I have to submit? But and then the funding piece as well, just making sure that they're eligible, haven't met the cap. Yeah. So, so the legislature squeezed us on the top. They said Correct. you can't take more than 30. 30, 30 credit hours total. So, so roughly anybody 10 that's hour, done more than 30, they're out. Or they could pay or for they it can themselves, pay. but that's not going to happen. And then they said no sophomores, right? Correct. So 11th and 12th grade, unless you oh. have high achieving scores. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you're a junior, a rising junior, your, your first semester is a junior, mm -hmm. you have to have an SAT score that we would accept. Mm -hmm. But if you're a first semester freshman here at the university, you got into school without an SAT score. Correct. We would use the high school GPA. Yeah. yeah. That seems odd, doesn't it? <laughs> I bet that's frustrating for you. It's certainly frustrating for me. It's definitely a, a growing curve, a learning curve yeah. for our students and our counselors. So when we say dual enrollment is down 26%, there's a, there, there are reasons correct, why. It's correct. not because we didn't recruit well or because you know, we lost schools that are participating with us. It's really about the the policies around dual enrollment have have made this happen. Do our other schools having similar experiences? Yes, and we've done some research to see if there are any additional options. We've opened it up to include several other testing options, PSAT, AccuPlacer to to offer more accessibility to the dual enrollment students. So um, I do think this is going to be a continued, just a continued process. Yeah. But yes, I would, our partners are experiencing some growing pains as well. Yeah, I think we're going to see 25% declines across the board. And uh, certainly in our sector and what we would call the sector uh, above us, West Georgia, uh, Valdosta, uh, they're seeing really significant declines in dual enrollment as well. Uh, I would assume that the to the uh, state colleges are seeing an increase because they're open access institutions. And so a lot of these students that want to do dual enrollment that can't get in because of their lack of a test score are going to those uh, two-year schools uh, to get in. And so they're actually seeing a, a, an increase. So, the, so when we talk about these enrollment numbers, we have to understand inside the numbers, there are some things that are really beyond our control that are impacting us. And uh, the other the other element, and, and that's certainly the, the continuing undergraduates, we, we uh, when we look back at history, uh, our, our typical uh, retention rate is about 65% of freshmen become sophomores, and then about 55% of those freshmen become juniors. That's pretty normal. And uh, this, the, so this seniors this year, they started out at 65 as freshmen, and they're down to 45%. They were the, they were the class that during their freshman year in 2020, I guess it'd be their second year, we shut them off in the middle of March. We shut down COVID, all that. 
So, so we, we lost a few more than normal. Then the juniors came in and the retention rate during that uh, social distanced, no student activities, no, uh, you know, acti no, no activities at all beyond the classroom. That they started out at 55% for their freshman year to sophomores. And then now they've dropped down to 40% as uh, juniors. So the, the impact of COVID on student retention and their ability to, to stay engaged and be successful, uh, and in many cases without, unfortunately, we weren't able to provide a whole lot of support. We're seeing that, and it's gonna have to cycle through the classes. Our sophomores, this year's sophomores who were freshmen last year, they were retained at 60%. So we, we moved the needle back in the right direction. Um, and so instead of being a, I, you know, I kind of was hoping and, and, and maybe even expecting more of a V-shaped recovery where as soon as we became normal again, people would, the retention rate and, the, and all that would kind of bounce back to normal. And it looks like it's going to be more of a, a, a U-shape, more of a gradual uh, return to normal. And so uh, we certainly hope that's the case. But as we look at those numbers, I think we can understand why. Um, and I know you talked to the freshmen uh, this year. You're, you're helping all of them. And obviously, you've talked to all the sophomores and, and know them as well. So what is that? Are you getting a similar feel uh, as to some of the reasons why they aren't here as, as, in, as in the similar numbers? Yes. And I think one key piece is forming that connection. And if you're not in the classroom, if you're not on campus, if you're not going to those on-campus events that we plan intentionally, you're not able to form that connection to your support system or your FYE advisor or your academic advisor. And so we're just building that connection piece back that yeah. will help. And we're having, to, we're having to kind of rebuild that with sophomores and, and juniors who'd never got never that. from the beginning yes and so it's mm -hmm. it's uh, some catch up and and you know hopeful to turn that tide a little bit mm -hmm. uh, the other element of enrollment that we're seeing is uh, graduate enrollment is down about 13 uh, percent really no surprise there um, obviously when we went into the in the pandemic and the lockdown we saw an explosion not just here at gsw but across the country in graduate programs people were uh, working from home if they were working at all and the opportunity to do an online graduate program was uh, really uh, available and at our at our price it was very attractive and so we did see a, a pretty significant increase in graduate enrollment during those years which was great for us on the enrollment side um, but we're, we're we are seeing a, a slide toward more normal graduate enrollment. That's certainly to be expected. So, um, so anyway, we, as we look at enrollment, you know, I think we're in very good shape. Like I said, our, our 2.7% decline will be uh, certainly better than average across our system. We'll be in line and, and probably be at the top of our sector. So uh, I want people to understand that uh, the work that we're doing, the effort that goes in uh, is really helping us um, stay ahead of the game and uh, as as this does recover as we see these numbers re, re rebound toward more normal um and we keep bringing in good freshman classes you know i think we're going to see uh, uh the numbers go in the direction so 
that was this is it's really good news it, it's it's uh interesting to watch however so uh, anyway, we're, we dropped uh, 20 students this year for non-attendance. Still one of the most amazing things to me that students enroll <laughs> for college, uh, go through every step, right? They show up on storm day, they get enrolled, and then they don't show up. Mm -hmm. what, what in it the world? It fascinates me too. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. But only 20 this year, so that's not too bad. Um, there were a few that didn't pay. Makes a little bit more sense that you show up and just don't pay, uh, but we still have to ask you to leave. Uh, so we we did that as well. But uh, that number, you know, then we have a group of people. Uh, it's a committee. It's probably got a name, but uh, they get you guys get. Are you on that committee? I am not. You're not. No. Uh, but they get together every with the list of who's going to get dropped, and they go through. You know, where can we find them some money? Where can you know call them? Get them, and and uh, that number. We've when I first got here. Uh, we were dropping uh, like 180 or more students every year and now we're down into the 80s and 75 i think this year might have been in the 60s so that that work is really valuable and helpful and uh it it, it saves some students and they don't realize how much uh they uh, they should appreciate it but anyway uh so so we've got we've got a lot of work and i know you're meeting with the freshmen uh right now we are so we're doing check-ins with all of the first year students and we just check in see how they're doing ask how their classes are going and you know, get to know them a little bit more to make sure that they're again connecting yeah. engaging and they're going they're going good and uh, everybody's happy everybody's doing well they're happy they're engaging and if not we connect them to <laughs> all of the resources that we have on campus to ensure that yeah. again they when, get when do they start figuring out that they're not doing well academically now right is mm -hmm. about right now about right now yeah okay. they'll start getting back their first exam grades or they'll start when we have these intentional conversations when we ask have you have you been going to class have you missed any assignments that will spark a light bulb mm -hmm. and so that's one of the reasons yeah. why so we have those conversations so they'll they'll get the ball rolling so do yeah. we have any students that are just having a really really good time but not like going to class or doing anything they're supposed to as always oh we do have yeah wow. as always I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked that's amazing bob you were never like that were you <laughs> i didn't think so um all right we we are we have some other stuff today to talk about and and as we talk about connection i know you're going to talk to us uh courtney about homecoming in just a minute we're going to have a chance to talk about it because that's what a great way to get connected and and be involved and, and engaged uh but we do have some things coming up on campus that i want to make sure everybody is aware of we have uh september 29th coming up uh, at the end of this month the chamber concert series has their first uh concert series concert of the year and it's a piano pianist uh so i i looked at their name but i couldn't i don't think i could say it right so i'm just gonna say it's a pianist and uh, everybody that comes to the concert series is awesome and so i encourage you to give that a shot science day is coming up on friday september the 20th we're going to have uh, high school students and uh, teachers from around the area coming to campus to get a look at our science programs and, and to do some work with our science faculty. And uh, it's a great way to recruit, but it's also a great way to enhance their high school education. And so I want to uh, encourage everyone to participate in that. And I want to thank our faculty in uh, the science areas who are all coming together uh, to make that happen. That's a really neat thing. And um, a couple of interesting uh, items came out this week. 
Uh, one, the U.S. News and World Report rankings came out. And Georgia Southwestern was ranked uh, the 48th best public regional university in the South. In the South. Southeast. I think it's the South. Or South, yeah. And uh, and so that was the first time in what you say it's about ten years. Uh, I think it's been ten plus years that, that we've made it into the top fifty, and uh, and that's really it's a nice the fifty cutoff at fifty is really interesting because they rank one to fifty by number, and then after you get to fifty one, it's like well all these schools are between fifty one and a hundred, and we're not going to tell you you know it's just everybody's the same, and so it's nice to kind of climb out of that pool of murkiness and uh, get a get a number and so we were 48 and uh, i think that sends a strong message about absolutely uh, a lot of the things that are happening here uh the quality of our students the quality of our programs uh you know i i have i've dug into the u.s news and world report uh the, the, the way the ranking system and how, what they use and some of it's interesting some of it's like you got to be kidding me you know why would that matter right um but uh, it is well known and, and respected as far as a ranking system. So we're excited to, to see some progress there. That's been uh, really rewarding. Um, Dr. Uh, Manga, Dr. Ashwani Manga, our new executive vice chancellor for academic affairs. He announced uh, earlier this week that uh, they have hired two uh, new vice chancellors at the system office uh, to replace some retirees. Uh, Dr. Dana Nichols, who previously was the provost at Georgia Highlands and was the uh, interim president at Highlands, is the new vice chancellor for academic affairs. And Dr. Scott uh, Lingrell, the, uh, who, who was at Georgia Southern, I think he was vice president for enrollment management. Did you know, you don't know him? I think he was at West Georgia and then he went to Southern when uh, Dr. Marrero went there. Anyway, he's the new vice chancellor for enrollment management and student affairs. So uh, the system office is going through similar experiences that uh, all of us do here on campus. They've had some retirees. They've had some people uh, move on. Uh, Lance Wallace, we heard the other day, has, has moved on to um, another institution, uh, leaving the communications department. And then our, our budget uh, analyst, um, Jason Matt uh, just moved on to Georgia Tech, so there's been there's been some upheaval and and, and personnel changes, uh, just like all of us when when salaries, uh, when people are looking and salaries are going up, people move and uh, there there no the system office is not exempt from that uh, either. And uh, the last item I just wanted to mention uh, on the twentieth, which is Tuesday. Uh, next week, Regent Bradbury will be coming to campus for a visit. Uh, Regent Bradbury is relatively new on the Board of Regents. He's been probably less than, certainly less than a year, uh, maybe six months on the board. And uh, he's going to come down and, and take a look at GSW. So we're excited to have him uh, on campus. We're going to show him uh, certainly around. Uh, and then we're going to have a chance to talk about uh, the MBA, EMBA, uh, nursing and our communications uh, degrees with him. Those were things he was interested in. So we're uh, looking forward to that. So all those are good things and we're excited that they're coming up and I hope everybody um, uh, participates. Now, 
the big news, the big excitement coming up next week is homecoming. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But in the middle of homecoming on Thursday, on Gold Force Thursday, it's also the day of giving. And Stephen, I know you spend a lot of time uh, getting ready for this. We've had a very successful day of giving. This is our fourth one. And uh, tell us a little bit about the day of giving and, and what you're looking to uh, get done this year. Well, uh, again, this is our fourth annual day of giving. And uh, this is something we started initially uh, really to get the GSW community, uh, whether alumni uh, in Americas or anywhere else, uh, and community members uh, just to really think philanthropic, philanthropically. And um, I, we feel like that's been a successful effort over the last four years. Uh, and uh, so we've grown from raising about $20,000 to $35,000 to last year, we raised right at $100,000. And so $100,000 is our goal this year. Uh, it certainly adds some more pressure uh, to us, but, uh, and really one way that we felt that was successful last year was incorporating a 50 states uh, initiative to get at least one gift from one donor in every state. And uh, it was, it was, very successful. We had 44 states contribute. Uh, and the prior year, I think we had seven. So it was a, an easy mark for improvement. And we have, uh, digging into our uh, alumni data, we have uh, at least a, one alum, I think, in every state or if uh, most, of better. Them, most of them. Yeah. Well, it, well, you don't have to be an alum to donate. Uh, so that's, that's the key. Oh, gotcha. You don't have to be a graduate. We'll take your gift. Even if you're not a graduate and you live in a, a random state, we'll take that gift and we'll count it. We'll count it. There we go. Uh, so be a parent of a student. That's right. That's right. I got you. So uh, it's, uh, again, $100,000 is our goal. And it, it's just, it is, it's a lot of work. Uh, our, our advancement team, which consists of alumni and annual fund and marketing, uh, the marketing team uh, does a really good job of promoting this. Uh, they've really taken it and run with it the last uh, all four years. And uh, so it, if you're associated with Georgia Southwestern and you don't know about the Day of Giving, uh, that's unlikely. Uh, so we, we, I feel like we do a good job there. And one area that from a local perspective that I think kind of makes our, our day unique because, you know, schools do Days of Giving all over you know, all over the country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but one area that we thought was, well, let's, let's try to engage the community by contacting local restaurants that normally do uh, philanthropy days where they give a portion of their proceeds to the organization. Well, let's try to get a bunch of them. Let's not just do one. Let's, let's contact as many as we can. So this year we actually have 16 local restaurants. These are locally owned. Uh, they're not, franchisees, uh, you know, uh, chain restaurants. So 16 restaurants that are going to... Now, Courtney, you know that puts the pressure on us. I can't. It's hard to eat it. It's hard to eat a 16 know, restaurants in one day. That's I right. Mean, it's tough. I have four different restaurants picked out already. There you already, go. Hey, so. if, you can, if, you can, if you can patronize four different restaurants that day, then that's, that's impressive. I mean, so. you have to start eating at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then you can't stop well, you know, until some, you go to bed that night. Well, you know, some people have... Uh, if you if, if you have any office fans on the, the podcast, uh, you have Kevin Malone. You know he has breakfast, he has first lunch, second lunch, <laughs> snack, 
<laughs> first dinner and second dinner. So you can do all those we and get, knock out a lot of restaurants That's in one day. That's what it's going to take. I'm telling you, it's an all out. It's a, it's a, it's a commitment that I'm making and I, you know, I sacrifice my body to uh, participate and make sure that I get uh, all 16 of them in there. Uh, but you just have to not eat very much at That's each right. one. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, the Stephen, this is really a neat deal. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, like, like I said, there's, there's a lot of publicity around it, but the day of, we have a lot of people out. We have students out uh, at the restaurants or everybody's wearing gold. And when you drive around town, you see GSW and you can't not understand that there's something going on. Right. And uh, I know we raise a lot of money, $100,000 in a day is, is a really spectacular number. Uh, but you also can't, uh, can't put a real price on the people in this community, right. particularly, I mean, and we love that people all over the country are participating. We want to engage our alumni and our, our friends and uh, family all over the, the country. But uh, for, for this community to see and to show their pride in the institution and to uh, really come together on one day is a special day. It's a lot of fun. And uh, your, your team has done a great job building this. As you said, the, the, the first year, the goal was 10,000. And here we are four years later, and the goal is 100,000. And so <laughs> I, I quiver uh, when I think about that because I, I get nervous. So, yeah, so. well, you should be nervous. Uh, but, you know, the good news is you've done it. And uh, it, the, that's the kind of exciting uh, things that that build with success and 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 the way that you all have gone about it and and this year for the first time ever the day of giving falls on homecoming week so not only do we have the day of giving but we also have a whole week of activities leading up to the day of giving and then uh, obviously uh, for the weekend and so uh, Courtney I know you've got the uh, the flyer there and it's family weekend and homecoming weekend so we've got a lot of activities um what kind of things can people uh, get involved with i mean certainly students are going to be involved with a lot we, mm -hmm. we wanted to have a student talk about homecoming but there's not one student involved you know in charge of all of it they're all each individual thing has a student leader and uh, the table here where we record this isn't big enough for all of them so so we asked Courtney because she's uh, she's really overseeing the whole of the project and so tell us about homecoming and some of the things that are going on that people can get involved with so homecoming is scheduled September 19th through the 24th so next Monday through next Saturday so we're excited this will be the first fall homecoming so we're excited to have soccer games that will conclude the week but the kickoff will be on Monday with a golf cart parade for mm -hmm. all of our registered student organizations. So we're hopeful that all of our students will come out. I love the golf cart parade. <laughs> I sell high pictures from the very first one that I was able to go to. Yeah. So if you have not yet, if you're a registered student organization, I have not yet signed up, check Canes Connect and check your email because student government has sent all, out all of that information. So go ahead and sign up. But throughout the week, there's so many fun events. Glow night, there's four different ways for you to participate in glow night. Oh yeah, there's going to be bowling and mini golf. And so 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. in the Storm Dome on Tuesday night. So please have fun at glow night. Be careful, but <laughs> it's, 
enjoy it. Yeah, they, they won't even start until I go to bed. I know, that's what I said. I was like, I'll be, I'll be in REM before you even get the party started. So have fun for me. Typical of students. They yeah. don't even come out uh, to get started until late. Oh, no. But that's, that's what being a student's all about. Yeah. And then the blue and gold picnic is what um, Wednesday will be about. Um, it's from 11 to 2, and it will be in the Kane Central lawn. So come by Kane Central. You can't miss our tent. We're excited for a lot of different food options as well. So be decked out in your blue and gold. And throughout the week, all of our offices are decorating the window. So it's going to be a window painting. We're excited for the buzz around campus for homecoming. So students, make sure you enjoy all of our our decor and our (laughs) artistic abilities. So, (laughs) and then we're excited for Day of Giving. Day giving is exciting on that Thursday, but the homecoming concert with Cupid, if you have not heard of Cupid yet, do you know who Cupid is? You know, I didn't know who Cupid was until they told me the name of the song, and then I still didn't know, but then when they played the song, I was like, oh yeah, 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 I've heard of that song. Well, there's probably some leaked wedding footage out there of Dr. Weaver doing the Cupid shelf. <laughs> there might so, be. Um, we might there need might to find be. that to play on yeah. um, I like, Thursday. I like, you know, it's really nice when, you know, because I'm not a very good dancer. So when the guy singing tells you exactly what to do, it's really a dance I can handle. So yes, it'll be nice to have Cupid here. I'll try to follow along and uh, see if I don't screw that up. And we are, we're excited to have him because Flex is one of his new songs. Very and popular. so we, is very popular with our students. And I know they're so excited. Mm-hmm. And but he's not the only one. Correct. Yeah. So we have some students participating as well. And so their participation is going to be a hype for Cupid to come out. Mm-hmm. And so. And DJ Smooth. Smooth. Yes. DJ, DJ Smooth. Smooth is. Oh. I never, I don't always say those things right. But anyway, DJ Smooth will be here and uh, our students and uh, Cupid. So that'd be fun. It's going to be in the, uh, out in the. Centennial, Centennial Plaza. Centennial Plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think we haven't done a concert there since I've been here. Correct. I've never been to a concert on Centennial Plaza. So it should be neat because it'll be kind of a bowl. It's going to be a bowl. I assume the acoustics are going to be awesome. Bob may have a better input on that, but I think that's going to be neat with the storm dome behind them Mm -hmm. and Glory Chapel and the administration building, Jackson Hall kind of surrounding it, creating, Mm -hmm. um, you think anybody might go swimming? Mm Mm-hmm. We have a fountain out there. I don't know. Oh, all right. Hopefully there are no bubbles. Maybe we'll turn maybe we'll turn the fountain off and drain it before. <laughs> <laughs> but that should be fun. Yeah. That should be fun. What time does uh what time does Cupid plan to come on? So it starts at seven thirty and then it's will be around nine. Around nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. But come out for that whole whole celebration. We're excited. So Yeah. Cute. That would be fun. And it's also family weekend. Yeah. So make sure you make sure students, you invite your families to come out. Um, we're having hurricane happy hour on Friday and then a Kane's family brunch on Saturday. So two of my favorite things wrapped in one weekend. (laughs) So (laughs) it's going to be good. Uh There's so much to do. And, and, uh, when what Steven and and I have talked about this, one of the things that uh, as we thought about homecoming and, and, and making the change to the fall uh, as opposed to a spring is the weather. And, uh, you know, the weather this week has been terrific. We're certainly expecting it to be great uh, next week. And, and when we had homecoming in February, it could be pretty miserable outside. And 
basketball games are inside. And so you had, you know, very difficult competing interests in many of the events you talked about. Uh, Courtney, we would plan and then couldn't, couldn't do them Correct. because it would rain mm -hmm. or it would, you know, and, and so, yeah. so this, this, uh, I think this schedule at this time of the year is going to be a lot of fun. People in the community can bring their kids. Uh, certainly, certainly our students can come out. And as you said, we want to connect, connect early yes. and get this, get this partnership going uh, first semester and uh, really get students to, to start to feel like they belong here at GSW and this is their place. So I know you've had a lot of students involved in this process. You know, how has the committee uh, or, or organization gone? I mean, have students been actively engaged in, in this? SGA, the Student Government Association, has played a huge role in helping organize, provide feedback. They are spearheading the golf cart parade. So having that student perspective helps to ensure that we are servicing our students. So that way they will be engaged. They will want to come out to these events because ultimately we want to ensure that they, we are providing events that are exciting to them, yeah. exciting to our students. Yeah, absolutely. And so having that feedback and having that perspective is always to me, one of the best options when yeah. planning events. And, and I think I've, I've seen a bunch of the flyers up for Cupid. Mm -hmm. uh, I assume we made those. We did. The drop probably. Yep. GSW that. drop is yeah they're really good top notch they're really good i mean they look they look like something that cupid would have sent us Correct. from his marketing firm you know to put up but it's got some of our students on there isaiah and uh and so really fun i mean those are really good so yeah it's fun to see the students uh really leading uh, this effort i know i know you uh, corral them to the best of your ability but uh their excitement and enthusiasm is really what drives some of the fun of this. And throughout the week, GSW Drop, which is student-led, will be promoting the individual day events. So make sure you stay connected again to all of our social media accounts to see what is happening the day of and also just a recap of the days. Yeah. Well, so then on uh, Saturday, this is uh, this is big day. The right? big day. You got students, alumni, family. family. What's going on Saturday? What can people do? So Saturday, we are starting the day with the Canes Family Brunch, and that is open. We do have a reservation just to make sure that we have enough orange juice for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also have Plains Peanut Festival going on, so the or surrounding county is buzzing with a lot of different events. And then Alumni Affairs is um, partnering to host the Paint Player Par, so you can paint door hangers and that I'm contemplating painting too oh. so I can get both options <laughs> <laughs> but our students also have the chance to participate in the surge so again it's all about the hype of homecoming so they're going to begin at the first year the Oaks residence halls and continue along until we reach the soccer field. So we're gonna have the students painted in body paint, make sure they're all excited for the soccer game, ready to go, which will lead up to our tailgate, which starts at 4 p.m. And the tailgate, um, we're, I know you guys are excited about the tailgate. It will be a true tailgate by the soccer fields um, in between softball. So mm -hmm. um, we're excited for local local participants as well so yeah. come out and connect and they again. can start tailgating 
noon? What, what, when can, when is the parking lot going to open? When can they get in there? So the tailgate officially begins at 4 p.m. Okay. Um, so when you reserve the reservations available on Canes Connect and you'll receive further information about your spot, what you will be provided and um, okay. what time you can set up. But Okay. Well, it should be fun. And then, and then we have two soccer games, right? Both men's and women's teams are mm -hmm. playing. That's correct. And uh, they have been off to a great start. Both teams have been playing really well. Uh, the, the women um, won, let's see, was it Wednesday night when they played? The women won four to nothing uh, here at home. And the, and the men went on the road to Clayton State, and they won four to nothing. Uh, I don't know the last time that we won two soccer games on the same day and both by uh, a four-goal margin. That's pretty spectacular and so they've been great fun to watch the men are uh, starting to get some national recognition got some votes for the top 20 uh, poll and uh, that win against clayton state was really good clayton state was picked above us actually in the preseason rankings for the conference so uh, we think that, that both teams are exciting and they're scoring goals and uh, having a good time and and so the games should be fun i, I just i do I, I should mention and i you know sometimes we uh, when our teams go on the road, we don't always uh, understand what they go through. But our, our men's team played down at Flagler, I guess it was last weekend. Uh, and the, the game started uh, and uh, with about 10 minutes gone in the second half, they had a lightning delay. And the lightning delay, uh, the game was at night. So uh, the lightning delay, they have to wait 30 minutes and every time there's a lightning strike the 30 minutes starts over so it kept going kept going kept going kept going finally they uh the the conference or ncaa somebody said cannot restart this game today it's it's we've we've spent too much time at the field and uh, so our options were to drive home and then return to flagler for for 30 more minutes of soccer forfeit the game uh or uh, stay the night and play the next day. Well, we didn't go down there prepared to stay the night. So they didn't have any luggage. They didn't have any clothes, you know, they'd be wearing their uniforms. And, and uh, so <laughs> they, somehow they worked it out between the coaches and the league and everybody else. They play, they started the 30 minutes at midnight, 12.01, because it was the next day. So on a technicality, as long as it was the next day, they could play. So they had to sit in the locker room and on the bus for about two hours and wait for midnight to get here so they could play. And then they rode back from Flagler at three o'clock in the morning. Um, one, we can debate and argue about the stupidity of having to wait until midnight when they could have just gone out and played 30 more minutes. But, uh, the kind of, you know, what we ask our student athletes to do and what they, what they choose to do is pretty remarkable. Uh, and and uh, they, they, they love to play and uh, they, they're doing well. But, you know, when you get on the bus at, you know, 1.30 in the morning and drive back from Flagler, which is in, uh, where is that? St. Augustine. Augustine. And, you know, that's a long drive. And, ugh, you're, you know, you've just played a game. You're probably sore and tired and it's... Uh, Anyway, so I, I just, you know, shout out to all of our student athletes and everybody who helps them be successful uh, because they, they have some unique circumstances that they run into 
from time to time. And so, uh, anyway, our teams will be there. What better way to support their dedication <laughs> than come out to both of the soccer games during That's homecoming? Right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I think the men haven't lost at home. And so we need to keep that going. Uh, and, uh, and I think they're both conference games. And so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so homecoming is going to be great. Lot, lot to do. And oh, by the way, you still have to go to class. You still have to <laughs> turn in your homework. You still have to take the tests. That, uh, that doesn't get suspended during homecoming week, right? Correct. And we still have um, FYE check-ins. Right. So come we see your FYE to... advisor during homecoming. That's right. We'll make it as fun as possible. <laughs> <laughs> come into the decorated office. Correct. And uh, get some homecoming spirit and get your check-in uh, taken care of. So, uh, and Steve, Stephen, we've got uh, Give Southwestern. What kind of funds can people give to during the day of uh of giving and, and through the Give Southwestern program. Yeah, the day of giving, uh, the, the funds, we're, we're, we're promoting scholarships. That's our ne our big emphasis over the next year and a half. Uh, we just announced our Propel scholarship campaign to raise a million dollars. But for the day of giving, we're pushing four specific funds. Uh, the first one is the Promise Scholarship Fund, uh, which goes to incoming freshmen and it's renewable for four years. Uh, the Southwestern Annual Fund, which is probably our most versatile fund that can help uh, any, you know, department on campus, students, uh, grounds, you name it. Uh, the Carter Leadership Program uh, and, and the, the operations for that. Uh, and Athletics General, uh, the fund that, that helps the athletics program in, in a number of different ways. And then the Gift Southwestern is our faculty and staff campaign, which also takes place in the month of September. And so uh, the individuals that are making their gift for that, uh, they can they can count it double for, uh, for Dave Giving as well. So. That'll be, that's, that's what I'm going to do mine. I'm going to do mine on Thursday, I promise. And uh, I'll make my commitment. And so uh, it's, a, it's a great way. I do it through payroll deduction. So uh, anybody out there uh, can do that. And uh, the good news is I don't even know that it's gone. Um, so, you know, maybe I should, well, <laughs> I... That's how I do it. Well, that's and, good. Maybe we'll uh, just take a little more out of your just fund. Just take a little bit more out. Gone. Nobody yeah. would know, right? Uh, so uh, that's probably that's probably the easiest, least painful way for me to do it. But anyway, that's, that's certainly an option for everybody. You can sign up and uh, do payroll deduction, and it'll count on the day of giving, and and it'll start coming out of your paycheck. And and the number one thing we said this uh, a number of times, and it goes for both day of giving and uh, give Southwestern participation is uh, the most important element of what we are doing. Uh, we, you know, when we can get 60, 70, 80, 90% of our employees uh, here at the university participating, it sends an incredibly strong message to uh, donors. It sends a strong message to the foundations and to our community partners who say, if these people believe so strongly in what they're doing, then we should believe in it too. Uh, and in Day of Giving, what we know is true is the more people that participate, the more we raise. And I think last year we had the highest total number of donors. We did. And uh, this year we're shooting for even more, right? We are. Uh, we're shooting for over a thousand donors for the year. Uh, last year we had 997. Uh, and Day of Giving, we'd like to have 350 donors for that. So. That would be a great day. 350 people across the country giving to Georgia Southwestern. That would be fun. So. Uh, we've got a great week coming up, and I appreciate uh, Courtney and Stephen coming and spending some time with me here to talk about it and make sure everybody 
knows uh, what's going on next week. I hope everybody has a great uh, homecoming, family week, uh, day of giving, and uh, just a wonderful uh, week here at GSW. Thanks uh, for uh, being a part of what we've got going on. I'll see you next week.